Welcome to the Going Up Cash Weekly Feel Good Podcast, where this week we talk about Alice in Wonderland and finish that book off. I discuss games I'm looking forward to, and I share some tips and tricks to get through this whirlwind of a life we're currently all living. That's right, this week we finish off the last three chapters of Alice's Adventure in Wonderland, which I was surprised that we only had three chapters left. I probably should have looked ahead of time, but we do that. I talk about Persona 5 Royal, which drops next week, and how fucking hype I am for that. I share some tips and tricks on how to maintain your connection with your friends through digital means, and we talk a little bit about the uh, the whole crisis that's going on. Not a lot, because I don't want to bring everybody down, but we do discuss it a little bit. Um, but right here at the top, if you enjoy The Going Upcast and wish to support The Going Upcast, there's really only one way you can do that, and that is to go to patreon.com forward slash goingupcast and become a $5 patron, where you get access to the monthly live streams, where we do Q&As and stuff like that. I've been really lax about those lately, and I do apologize for that. Hopefully here pretty soon I can get one going. Um, but with the world the way it is, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky to find time. Um, I know a lot of people are like still in self-isolation, but as of right now, I'm still going into the office. So, you know, it's, it's tough, but, um, I will, I will let you all know how it's going. Um, I also understand that tonight, these times are financially tight, so don't fucking worry about it. Um, I'm still going to be doing the podcast because, it's a fun, creative outlet for me. And we're about to start the new Alice Wonderland book next week, so we got stuff to look forward to. But that's enough of me blithering. Let's get right into the podcast. Alright, looks like it's time to do some Alice in Wonderland. It's been, well, a week, I guess, um, since since we read it, right? Yeah. Um, oh, God. Uh, I have to load the book. Um, uh, um, shit. This one? Where am I saving these books? Oh, there it is. Uh, no, that's, that's not it. Crap. Where's my books to read file? I haven't opened in a while. Shut up, Gravity Falls. Go away. There we go. Books to read. There, there it is. Alice Wonderland. Blam. Okay. Alrighty. Getting there. Everything's going according to plan. What fucking chapter are we on? We're, we're like pretty deep into it, aren't we? Um, uh, advice from a caterpillar, pig and pepper, mad tea party, um, croquette ground, uh, mock turtle story. We did that. Um, the lobster quadrille, I believe, is what we're on now. Chapter 10, the lobster quadrille. The mock turtle sighed deeply and drew back one flapper across his eyes. He looked at Alice and tried to speak, but for a minute or two, but for a minute or two, sobs choked his voice. Same as if he had a bone in his throat, said the Griffin. I forget their voices. And it set to work, shaking him and punching him in the back. At last, the Mock Turtle recovered his voice, and with tears running down his cheek, he went on again. You may not have lived much under the sea. I haven't, said Alice. And perhaps you were never even introduced to a lobster. Alice began to say, I once tasted, but checked herself hastily and said, No, never. So you can have no idea what a delightful thing a lobster quadrille is. No, indeed, said Alice. What sort of dance is it? Why, said the griffin, you're first forming a line along the seashore. Two lines, cried the mock turtle. Seals and turtles, salmons and so on. Uh, then, when you've cleared all the jellyfish out of the way, 
That generally takes some time, interrupted the griffin. You advance twice, each with a lobster as a partner, cried the griffin. Of course, said the mock turtle. Um, advance twice, set to partners, change lobsters, and retire in the same order, continued the griffin. Then you know, the mock turtle went on, you throw the, the lobsters, shouted the griffin with a bound into the air, as far out to the sea as you can. Swim after them, screamed the griffin. Turn a somersault in the sea, cried the mock turtle, capering wildly about. Change lobsters again, yelled the griffin at the top of his voice. Back to land, and that's the first figure, said the mock turtle, suddenly dropping his voice, and the two creatures, who had been jumping about like mad things all the time, sat down again very sadly and quietly and looked at Alice. Must be a very pretty dance, said Alice timidly. Would you like to see a little of it, said the mock turtle. Very much indeed, said Alice. Come, let's try the first figure, said the mock turtle to the griffin. We can do it with our lobsters, you know. Which shall we sing? Oh, you sing, said the griffin. I've forgotten the words. So they began solemnly dancing round and round Alice every now and then treading on her toes when they passed too close and waving their forepaws to mark the time, while the mock turtle sang this very slowly and sadly. Will you walk a little faster, said a whitening to a, a, whitening to a snail. There's a porpoise close behind us and he's treading on my tail. See how eagerly the lobsters and the turtles all advance. They're waiting on the shingle. Will you come and join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, will you join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you join the dance? You really have no notion how delightful it will be when they take us upon, take us up and throw us with the lobsters out to sea. But the snail replied too far, too far and gave a look askance. He said, said he thanked the whiting kindly, but he would not join the dance. Would not, could not, would not, could not, would not join the dance. Would not, could not, would not, could not, could not join the dance. What matters it how far we go? His scaly friend replied. There's another shore, you know, upon the other side. The farther off from England, the nearer is to France. Then turn not pale, beloved snail, but come and join the dance. Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you, will you join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you join the dance? Thank you. That's a very interesting dance to watch. Said Alice, feeling very glad that it was over at last. Me too. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? Me too. Pour myself a cup of tea. In my world-famous, one-of-a-kind, underfed mug. Hold on, I'm looking this up. That's not a word. Andrew Logan. That's the quote on the mug. It's it's a fucking wonderful mug. Warms warms me belly every time I sees it. Um, we're actually really close to the end of this book, I think. Anyway, um. And I do so like that curious song about the whiting. Oh, as to the whiting, said the mock turtle. They, you've seen them, of course. Yes, said Alice. I've often seen them at din. She checked herself hastily. Um, I don't know where din may be, said the mock turtle. But if you've seen them so often, of course you know what they're like. I believe so, Alice replied thoughtfully. They have their tails in their mouths, and they're all over crumbs. You're wrong about the crumbs, said the mock turtle. And crumbs would all wash off in the sea. But they have their tails in their mouths. And the reason is... Here the mock turtle yawned and shut his eyes. Tell her the reason and all that, he said to the griffin. The reason is, said the griffin, that they would go with the lobster to dance. I forgot my own voice, so that they got thrown out to sea. So they had to fall a long way, so they could get the tails fast in their mouths. So they couldn't get them out again, that's all. Thank you, said Alice. It's very interesting. I never knew so much about a whiting before. What the fuck is a whiting? I've been saying it. I've been pretending to ignore it. Hold on. Whiting. The fish. Why does it have its tail on its mouth? Um. Yeah. 
It's just a it's just a fish. It's a fish. Um, yeah. It's just a fish. It's a fairly bog standard looking fish. Looks pretty tasty. I'd eat it. But then again, there's not many things I wouldn't eat. I'm a pretty much a human garbage disposal. Anyway. Uh, where the hell was I? Um... I can tell you more than that, if you like, said the griffin. Do you know why it's collar whiting? I never thought about it, said Alice. Why? It does it the boats and shoes, said Griffin very solemnly. Alice was thoroughly puzzled. Does the boats and shoes, she repeated in a wondering tone. Why, what are your shoes done with, said Griffin. I mean, what makes them so shiny? Alice looked down at them and considered a little before she gave her answer. They're done with blacking, I believe. Boots and shoes under the sea, said the griffin, went on in a deep voice, are done with whiting. Now you know. And what are they made of? Alice um, asked in a tone of great curiosity. Soles and eels, of course, said Griffin, who replied rather impatiently. Any shrimp could have told you that. If I'd been a whiting, Alice said, whose thoughts were still running on the song. I'd have said to the purpose, keep back, please. We don't want you with us. They obliged to have him with them, said the mock turtle. No wise fish would go anywhere without a porpoise. Nice. <laughs> would it really? Alice said in a tone of great surprise. Of course not, said the mock turtle. Why, if a fish came to me and told me I was going on a journey, I would say, with what purpose? Don't you mean purpose? said Alice. I mean what I say, said the turtle, replied in an offended tone. And the griffin added, come, let's hear some of your adventures. I can tell you my adventures beginning from this morning, Alice said a little timidly. But it's no use going back to yesterday because I was a different person then. Explain all that, said the mock turtle. No, no, the adventures first, said the griffin in an impatient tone. Explanations take such a dreadful time. So Alice began telling them her adventure. From the time when she first saw the white rabbit, she was a little nervous about it. Just um, at first, the two creatures got so close to her, one on each side, and they opened their eyes and mouths so very wide. But she gained courage as she went on. Her listeners were perfectly quiet till she got to the part about her repeating You are old Father William to the caterpillar and the words all coming out different. And the mock turtle drew a long breath and said, That's very curious. It's all about as curious as it can be, said the griffin. It all came out different, the mock turtle replied thoughtfully. I should like to hear her try and repeat something now. Tell her to begin. Uh, he looked at the griffin as uh, he thought it had some kind of authority over Alice. Stand up and repeat. "'Tis the voice of the sluggard," said the griffin. "'How the creatures order one about and make one repeat lessons,' thought Alice. "'I j might just as well be at school at once.' However, she got up and began to repeat it, but her head was so full of the lobster quadrille that she hardly knew what she was saying, and the words came out very queer indeed. "'Tis the voice of the lobster, I heard him declare. "'You have baked me too brown, I must sugar my hair. "'As a duck with its eyelids, so he with his nose, "'trims his belts and his buttons, and turns out his toes.' That's different from what I used to say when I was a child, said the griffin. Well, I've never heard it before, said the mock turtle, but it sounds uncommon nonsense. Alice said nothing. She sat down again with her face in her hands, wondering if anything would ever happen in a natural way again. I should like to have it explained, said the mock turtle. She can't explain it, said the griffin hastily. Go on with the next verse. But how about his toes, the mock turtle persisted. How could he turn them out with his nose, you know? It's the first position in dancing, Alice said. But she was dreadfully puzzled by the whole thing and longed to change the subject. Go on with the next verse. Uh, go on with the next verse, said the griffin, repeated impatiently. It begins, I passed by his garden. Alice did not dare disobey. Um, though she felt sure it would come out all wrong, she went on in a trembling voice. I passed by his garden and mocked with one eye how the owl and the oyster were sharing a pie. Why is the use of repeating all the stuff? 
Um, what is the use? What is the use of repeating all this stuff? The Mock Turtle interrupted. If you don't explain it as you go on, it is by far the most confusing thing I have ever heard. This book is the most confusing- Oh, wait. Whatever. Whatever. I'm already too deep into it. But, god damn it, what is this book? I know I talk about it all the time. But what is this book? It's just the fucking string of nonsense. Anyway. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I think you better leave off, said the Griffin, and Alice was only too glad to do so. Shall we try another figure of the lobster quadrille? So the griffin went on. Or would you like the mock turtle to sing you a song? Oh, it's the griffin. Fuck it. Who cares? Oh, a song, please, if the mock turtle would be so kind. Alice replied so eagerly that the griffin said in a rather offended tone. Hmm. No cotton for taste. Sing a turtle soup, will you, old fellow? The mock turtle sighed deeply and began in a voice sometimes choked with sobs to sing this. Okay. Beautiful soup so rich and green waiting in a hot tureen. Who for such dainties would not stoop? Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Soup of the evening, beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Beautiful soup. Soup of the evening, beautiful, beautiful soup. Sorry, it's like spaced out. That's why I'm holding out the notes. Anyway, beautiful soup who cares for fish, game, or any other dish. Who would not give all else for two P any worth? Only beautiful soup. Pennyworth only of beautiful soup, beautiful soup, beautiful soup, soup of the evening, beautiful, beautiful soup! Cordis again! cried the griffin, and the mock turtle had just begun to repeat it, when a cry of, The trial begins! was heard in the distance. Come on! cried the griffin, and taking Alice by the hand, I hurried off without waiting for the end of the song. What trial is it? Alice panted as she ran, but the griffin only answered, Come on! and ran faster, um, ran the faster, while more and more faintly came, carried on the breeze that followed them, the melancholy words, Soup of the evening, beautiful, beautiful soup. Oh, man. That was a weird fucking chapter. I'm just gonna Google lobster quadrille real quick. What the fuck is a quadrille? Quadrille. Quadrille. A square dance performed typically by four couples containing five figures, each of which is a complete dance to itself. Okay, so it's just a lobster weird square dance. Um, it was fashionable in the late 18th and 19th century Europe and its colonies. The quadrille consisted of a chain of four to six... That's another word I'm not... People, I guess. Courtly versions of English country dances. Oh. Contradances. Contradances. Sure. Um, had been taken up at the court of Louis the Fourteenth and spread across Europe. The quadrille. Well, there you go. Where you go, everybody learned a little something. Or maybe you already knew it, in which case I'm just a bubbling idiot. So, just real quick at the top of the episode, I'm gonna do my little my little PSA. I promise it won't be that long, because God, like if you're anything like me, you're sick of hearing about this because it's just fucking everywhere and it's sad and all that stuff. But I'm gonna do my my duty as a person with a voice. Tell y'all to wash your hands. Stay inside if you can. Minimize that distance. And um, just kind of keep your head down. And we'll wait for this shit to blow over. Um, it's it's rough. It's scary. Nobody really knows what's happening. We're all living kind of day to day. And I get it. I fucking super get it. Um, I keep going back and forth between it's fine to it's not fine. And then all in the middle. And, you know, we just kind of have to keep on, keep on doing. Wait for the vaccine. Wait for the, the virus to kind of start winding down. It's only ramping up, so like most things, like the common cold, it will get worse before it gets better. Um, just, you know, hang on tight. Don't do anything drastic. 
um, like sell all your monies in the stock market. Just write it out. It will get better. I promise. Um, we just have to, we just got to keep holding on. So stay inside, stay safe, play the video games, watch the Disney pluses and the Netflixes and all the things. Maybe, maybe even the Hulus, if you're feeling really saucy, um, or even the Amazon primes, who knows? Um, I, for one, will be spending most of my time reading books. Um, I, I have yet to get the, um, shelter in place order, uh, in, in my neck of the woods. I'm working from home as much as I can, but, uh, just, you know, be smart about it. Wear gloves if you have them, you know, um, wash your fucking hands and we'll get through this together. That's right. I'm just keeping it short and sweet because God, it's just, this is all anybody's talking about really. So just, I'm not even naming it. That's how much I don't want to talk about it. I just had to say something. So stay safe, be strong. Let's listen to some Alice in Wonderland and take our minds off. Chapter 11. Who stole the tarts? Was it you? Did you take them? Do you take those tarts? I'm going to have to ask you to return those, please. Um, those are not uh, yours to take. So if you could if you could uh, put them back on the tray, I would appreciate it. The king and queen of hearts were seated on their throne when they arrived with a great crowd assembled about them, all sorts of little birds and beasts, as well as the whole pack of cards. The knave was standing uh, before them in chains with a soldier on each of the side to guard him and near the king was the white rabbit with a trumpet in one hand and a scroll of parchment in the other in the very middle of the court was a table with a large dish of tarts upon it they looked so good that it made alice quite hungry to look at them i wish they'd get the trial done she thought hand and hand out refreshments but there seemed to be no chance of this so she began to look at everything around her to pass away the time alice had never been in a court of justice before, but she had read books about them, and she was quite pleased to find that she knew the name of nearly everything there. That's the judge, she said to herself, because of his great wig. The judge, by the way, was the king, and he wore his crown over the wing. Look at the front... frontispiece. Nope. Frontispiece? Frontispiece. Frontispiece. You want to see how he did it? I don't... I don't... Alright. I feel like I'm googling every fucking word. Um, frontispiece. Um, Frantispes. Frantispes. Um, an illustration facing the title page of a book. Oh. Well, that nifty. Um, I'm just going to Google what the image is so I don't have to scroll. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. There we go. Let's take a look. There's the picture. There's the king with the crown over his wig. Perfect. Excellent. That is, um, that has been achieved. I can't really, you know, he, he has the powdered wig and then the crown on top of it. That's what the image uh, is talking about. Anyway, um, he did not look at all comfortable and it was certainly not becoming. And that's the jury box, thought Alice. And those 12 creatures, she was obliged to say creatures, you see, because some of them were animals and some of them were birds. I suppose they are the jurors. She said this last two words or um, two or three times to herself, being rather proud of it. Uh, for she thought, and rightly too, the very few little girls of her age knew the meaning of it at all. However, jurymen would have done just as well. The twelve jurors were all writing very busily on slates. What are they doing? Whispered Alice to the griffin. They can't have anything to put down yet before the trial's begun. They're putting down their names, said the griffin replied in a whisper. For fear they should forget them before the end of the trial. Stupid things. Alice began in a loud, indignant voice, but she stopped herself hastily for the white rabbit cried out. Silence in the court! And the king put on his spectacles and looked anxiously around to make sure, um, make out who was talking. 
Alice could see as well as if she were looking over the shoulders that all the jurors were writing down stupid things on their slates. And she could even make out that one of them did not know how to spell stupid and that he had to ask his neighbor to tell him. Nice muddle over slates before, um, slates it'll be in before the trial's over, thought Alice. One of the jurors had a pencil that squeaked. Uh, this, of course, Alice could not stand and went round the court and got behind him and soon found the opportunity for taking it away. She did it so quickly that the poor little juror, 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 fuck. It was Bill the Lizard. Could not make out at all what had become of it. So after hunting all about for it, he was obliged to write with one finger for the rest of the day. And this was of very little use as it left no mark on the slate. Harold, read the accusation, said the king. On this, the white rabbit blew three blasts on his trumpet and then unrolled his parchment scroll and read as follows. The queen of hearts, she made some tarts all on a summer day. The knave of hearts, he stole the tarts and took them all away. Consider your verdict, the king said to the jury. Not yet, not yet, the rabbit cried, um, hastily interrupted. It's a great deal to come before that. Call the first witness, um, said the king. And the white rabbit blew three blasts on his trumpet and called out, First witness! The first witness was the hatter. He came in with a teacup in one hand and a piece of bread and butter in the other. I beg your pardon, your majesty, he began, for bringing these in. I hadn't quite finished my tea when I was sent for. You want to have finished, said the king. Where did you begin? Hatter looked at the March Hare, um, who had followed him into the courtroom arm in arm with the Dormouse. Fourteenth of March, I think it was, he said. Fifteenth, said the March Hare. Sixteenth, said the Dormouse. Write that down, the king said to the jury, and the jury eagerly wrote down all three dates on their slates and then added them up, reduced the answer to shillings and pence. Take off your hat, the king said to the hatter. It isn't mine, said the hatter. Stolen, the king exclaimed, turning to the jury, who instantly fell into a memorandum of the fact. I keep them to sell, the hatter added as an explanation. I've none of my own. I'm a hatter. Here the queen put on her spectacles and began staring at the hatter, who turned pale and fidgeted. Give your evidence, said the king, and don't be nervous, or I'll have you executed on the spot. As it not seemed to encourage the witness at all, kept shifting from one foot to the other, looking uneasily at the queen. In his confusion, he bit a large piece out of his teacup instead of his bread and butter. Just at this moment, Alice felt a very curious sensation, which puzzled, puzzled her a good deal until she made out what it was. She began to grow larger again, and she thought at first she would get up and leave the courtroom, but on second thought, she decided to remain where she was, as long as there was room for her. I wish you wouldn't squeeze so, said the doormaster who was sitting next to her. I can hardly breathe. I can't help it, Alice said very meekly. I'm growing. You've got no right to grow here, said the Dormouse. Don't talk nonsense, Alice said more boldly. You know you're growing too. Yes, but I grow at a reasonable pace, said the Dormouse. Not in that ridiculous fashion. And he got a very sulkily and crossed over to the other side of the court. At this time, the Queen had never left off staring at the Hatter, and just as the Dormouse crossed the court, she said to one of the officers of the court, Bring me the list of the singers in the last concert, on which was on which the wretched Hatter, hatter trembled so, uh, so that he shook both of his shoes off. And here is an image of him doing just that. Give your evidence, the king repeated angrily, or I'll have you executed, whether you're nervous or not. I'm a poor man, your majesty, the hatter began in a trembling voice. I hadn't but just begun my tea, not above a week or so. What with the bread and butter getting so thin and the twinkling of the tea. Twinkling of the what? The king said. It began with the tea, the hatter replied. Of course twinkling begins with a tea, the king said sharply. Do you take me for a dunce? Go on. I'm a poor man, the hatter went on, and most things twinkled after that. Only the March Hare said, I didn't, the March Hare interrupted with a great hurry. You did, said the hatter. I deny it, said the March Hare. He denies it, said the king. Leave that part out. Well, at any rate, the Dormouse said, the hatter went on looking anxiously around to see if he would deny it too, but the Dormouse denied nothing, being fast asleep. After that, continued the hatter, I cut some more bread and butter, but what did the Dormouse say? One of the jurors asked. That I can't remember, 
said the Hatter. You must remember, remarked the King. I'll have you executed. The miserable Hatter dropped his teacup and bread and butter and went down on one knee. I'm a poor man, your majesty, he began. You're a very poor speaker, said the king. Here, one of the guinea pigs cheered, and it was immediately suppressed by the officers of the court. As that is a rather hard word, I will just explain to you how it was done. They had a large canvas bag, which tied up at the mouth with strings. Into this, they slipped the guinea pig head first, and then sat upon it. Jesus fucking Christ. That is horrible. Why would you do that to a poor guinea pig? I'm glad I've seen that done, thought Alice. I've, oft, I've so often read in newspapers at the end of trials, there was some attempt at applause that was immediately suppressed by the officer's court, and I never understood what it meant until now. If that is all you know about it, you may stand down, continued the king. I can't go no lower, said the hatter. I'm on the floor as it is. Then you may sit down, the king replied. Here the other guinea pig cheered and was suppressed. Come, that finished the guinea pigs, thought Alice. Now we shall get on better. I'd rather finish my tea, said the hatter, who had, an, with an anxious look at the queen, who was reading the list of singers. You may go, said the king, and the hat hurriedly left the court without even so much as putting on his shoes. And just take his head off outside, the queen added to one of the officers, but the hatter was out of sight before the officer could get to the door. Call the next witness, said the king. The next witness was the duchess's cook. She carried the pepper box in one hand, and Alice guessed who it was even before she got into the court. By the way, people near the door began sneezing at once. Give your evidence, said the king. Shant, said the cook. The king looked anxiously at the white rabbit who said in a low voice, your majesty must cross-examine this witness. Well, if I must, I must, the king said with a melancholy air, and after folding his arms and frowning at the cook till his eyes were nearly out of sight, he said in a deep voice, What are tarts made of? Pepper, mostly, said the cook. Treacle, said a sleepy voice behind her. Call her that dormouse, shrieked the, um, uh, treacle. Call her that dormouse, the queen shrieked out. Behead that dormouse, turn that dormouse out of court, suppress him, pinch him, off with his whiskers! For some minutes, the whole court was in confusion, getting the dormouse turned out, and by the time they had settled down again, the cook had disappeared. Never mind, said the king, with an air of great relief. Call the next witness, and he added in an undertone to the queen. Really, my dear, you must cross-examine the next witness. It quite makes my forehead ache. Alice watched the white rabbit as he fumbled over the list, feeling very curious to see who the next witness would be, uh, would be like. For they haven't got much evidence yet, she said to herself. Imagine her surprise when the rabbit read out at the top of a shrill little voice the name, Alice! Oh shit! Looks like it's gonna be Law and Order, um, uh, SU Wonderland. Yep, nailed it. In seven days, so week from yesterday, y'all are gonna fucking lose me for. Well, I'm still gonna be here doing podcast episodes, but next Monday, um, Persona 5 Royal drops. And I'm really fucking excited about it. If you remember, did I talk about Persona 5 on the podcast? I must have. Because it's like my third all-time favorite game. So, Persona 5 came out in like 2017. And it's one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Um, I fucking love it. And Persona 5 Royal is like the... You know how Pokemon had like Diamond, Pearl, and then the Platinum Edition? Which added like a bunch of shit? That's what Persona 5 Royal is. Um, it adds new characters. Um new eras to like previous levels uh grappling hook i think but the bit i'm really excited about is when you play persona 5 you basically start on like april 6th or whatever the fuck the day is and then you play every calendar day through to like december um and you only have like a limited amount of time each day to do things and you kind of have to structure you know what you want to do in the morning and then you go to school and then you have like an afternoon and maybe an evening thing 
um, that you can do to like boost your stats and buy items and stuff like that. You know, your time is limited in the game. And uh, in the original version, it went from December and then like a couple of days in the following year and then the game was over. This game adds the third semester of the school year as playable. So when December rolls around, and once January 1st hits, you will keep playing until like spring of that year when, you know, summer begins. And I'm just so fucking excited to like do the whole school year. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like I'm sitting here excited to take tests and go to school and, you know, spend time with, with your friends out in the, out in the cafes and stuff like that. Especially nowadays where I'm relegated to spending my time with my friends, like through digital formats, which I'm going to talk about later. Um, but I'm very excited for Persona 5. But that also means I have a week to beat Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. And I have just beaten the first boss. So I've got a lot of game to play and not a lot of time to do it. Because I don't want to have Pokemon hanging over my head when Persona lands. Because I basically want to give all of my video gaming attention to Persona. Um, that is that is the plan. Uh, but I'm very excited about it. Um, it's got it on a pre-order, but with Amazon the way it is, who the fuck knows if it's going to show up on time? I hope it does, because um, I really want to play it. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. But this is a good time for video games with Animal Crossing coming out, and that's supposed to be really good, and then Doom Eternal, and that's supposed to be really good. So it's a good time to play video games. So I hope you guys are keeping yourselves entertained. And uh, let's head back to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Alice's evidence of wrong drugs. Okay. Here, cried Alice, quite forgetting the flurry of the moment, how large she had grown in the last few minutes, and she jumped up in such a hurry that she tipped over the jury box with the edge of her skirt, upsetting all the jurymen onto their heads of the crowd below, and there they lay sprawling about, reminding her very much of a globe of goldfish she had accidentally upset the week before. Oh, I beg your pardon, she exclaimed in a tone of great dismay. You would not understand how great this dismay was and began picking them up again as quickly as she could for the accident of the goldfish kept running in her head and she had a vague sort of idea that they must be collected at once and put back into the jury box or they would die and then for some goddamn reason at the bottom of this page is just the letter n interesting has that always been there no just for some reason at the bottom of this page there's the letter n and then on the bottom of the next page it says n2 and then it does not repeat interesting don't know what that's about. Anyway. The trial cannot proceed, said the king in a very grave voice, until all the jurymen are back in their proper places. All! He repeated great emphasis, looking hard at Alice as he said so. Alice looked at the jury box and saw that in her haste she had put the lizard in head downward, and the poor little thing was waving its tail about in a melancholy way, being quite unable to move. She soon got it out again and put it right. Not that it signifies much, she said to herself. I should think that it would be quite as much use in the trial one way up as the other. As soon as all the jury, or as soon as the jury had a little recovered, had a little recovered, oh, okay, sure, from the shock of being upset, and their slates and pencils had been found and handed back to them, they set to work very diligently to write out a history of the accident, all except the lizard, who seemed too much overcome to do anything but sit with its mouth open, gazing up into the roof of the court. What do you know about this business? said the king to Alice. Nothing, said Alice. Nothing whatsoever, um, persisted the king. Nothing whatever, said Alice. That's very important. The king said, turning to the jury. He was just beginning to write this. They were just beginning to write this down on their slates when the white rabbit interrupted. Unimportant, your majesty, means of course, he said in a very respectful tone, but frowning and making faces at him as he spoke. Unimportant, of course, I meant, 
the king hastily said and went on um, to himself in an undertone. Important, unimportant, unimportant, important. As if he were trying to do uh, which word sounded best. Some of the jury wrote down important and some unimportant. Alice could see this as she was near enough to look over their slates. But it doesn't matter a bit, she thought to herself. At this moment, the king, who had been uh, some time busily writing in his notebook, called out for silence and read from his book, Rule 42, all persons more than a mile high leave the court. Everyone looked at Alice. I'm not a mile high, she said, um, said Alice. You are, said the king. Nearly two miles high, added the queen. Well, I shan't go at any rate, said Alice. Besides, that's not a regular rule. You invented it just now. It's the oldest rule in the book, said the king. Then it ought to be number one, said Alice. King turned pale and shut his notebook hastily. Consider your verdict, he said to the jury in a low, trembling voice. There's more evidence to come yet, please, your majesty, said the white rabbit, jumping up in a great hurry. This paper has just been picked up. What is it? said the queen. I haven't opened it yet, said the white rabbit, but it seems to be a letter written by the prisoner to to somebody. It must have been that, said the king, unless it was written by, to nobody, which isn't unusual, which isn't usual, you know. Who is it directed to? said one of the jurymen. It isn't directed at all, said the white rabbit. In fact, there's nothing written on it outside. He unfolded the paper as he spoke and added, It isn't a letter after all. It's a set of verses. Are they in a prisoner's handwriting? No, they are not, said the white rabbit. And that's the queerest thing about it. The jury all looked puzzled. He must have imitated somebody else's hand, said the king. The jury all brightened up again. Please, your majesty, said the knave. I didn't write it, and they can't prove I did. There's no name signed at the end. If you didn't sign it, the king said, that only makes matters worse. You must have meant some mischief, or else you would have signed your name like an honest man. There was a general clapping of hands at this. It was the first really clever thing the king had said that day. That proves his guilt, said the uh, queen. It proves nothing of the sort, said Alice. Why, you don't even know what they're about. Read them, said the king. The white rabbit put on its spectacles. Where shall I begin, please, your majesty? He asked. Begin at the beginning, said the king gravely, and go on till you come to the end and then stop. These were the verses the white rabbit read. I'm going to I'm gonna read these verses all super serious um, and Sean Connery-like uh, because... I think it'll be fine. Mm. They told me you had been to her and mentioned me to him. She gave me a good character, but said I could not swim. He sent them word I had not gone. We know it to be true. If she should push the matter on, what would become of you? I gave her one, they gave me two. You gave us three or more. They all returned from him to you, though they were mine before. If I or she should chance to be involved in this affair, he trusts to you to set them free exactly as they were. My notion was that you had been before she had this fit, an obstacle that came between, between him and ourselves and it. Don't let him know she liked them best, for this must ever be a secret kept from all the rest between yourself and me. That's the most important piece of evidence we've heard yet, said the king, rubbing his hands. So now let the jury, if any one of them can explain it, said Alice. She had grown so large in the last few minutes that she wasn't afraid, uh, a bit afraid to interrupt him. I'll give him sixpence. I don't believe there's an atom of meaning in it. The jury all wrote down on their slates. She doesn't believe there's an atom of meaning in it. But none of them attempted to explain the paper. If there's no meaning in it, said the king, this that saves a world of trouble, you know, and we needn't try to find any. And yet, I don't know, he went on spreading out the verses on his knee and looking at them with one eye. I seem to see some meaning in them after all. Said I could not swim. You can't swim, can you? He added, turning to the knave. Knave shook his head sadly. Do I look like it? He said, which he certainly did not, being entirely made of cardboard. All right, so far, the king said. And he went on muttering the verses over himself. We know it to be true, and that's the jury, of course. I gave her one, they gave him two. Why, that must be what he did with the tots, you know. But it goes on. They all returned from him to you, said Alice. 
Why, there they are, the king said triumphantly, pointing to the tarts on the table. Nothing can be clearer than that. And then, before she had this fit, you never had fits, my dear, I think, he said to the queen. Never, the queen said furiously, throwing an inkstand at the lizard as she spoke. The little, unfortunate little Bill had left off writing on his slate with one finger, as he found it made no mark. But now he hastily began again, using the ink that was trickling down his face as long as it lasted. Um, then the words don't fit you, said the king, looking around the court with a smile. There was a dead silence. It's a pun, the king added in an angry tone, and everybody laughed. Let the jury, con jury consider their verdict, the king said, for about the 20th time that day. No, no, said the queen. Sentence first, verdict after. Stuff and nonsense, Alice said loudly. The idea of having the sentence first. Hold your tongue, said the queen, turning purple. I won't, said Alice. Off with her head, shouted the queen at the top of her voice. Nobody moved. Who cares for you, said Alice. She had grown to her full size by this time. You're nothing but a pack of cards. At this, the whole pack rose up in the air and came flying down at her. She gave a little scream, half of fright, half of anger, and tried to beat them off. Found herself lying on the bank with her head in the lap of her sister, who was gently brushing away some dead leaves who had fluttered down from the trees upon her face. Wake up, Alice, dear, said her sister. Why, what a long sleep you've had. Oh, I had such a curious dream, said Alice, and she told her sister, as well as she could remember, all these strange adventures of hers that you have just been reading about. And when she had finished, her sister kissed her and said, It was a curious dream, dear, certainly. But now run into your tea. It's getting late. So Alice got up and ran off, thinking while she ran, as well she might, of what a wonderful dream it had been. Story break, apparently. <clears throat> there we go. But her sister sat still, just as uh, she left her, leaning her head on her hand, watching the setting sun, and thinking of little Alice and all of her wonderful adventures till she, too, began dreaming after a fashion, and this was her dream. First, she dreamed of little Alice herself. Once again, the tiny hands were clasped upon her knee, the bright, eager eyes were looking up into her. She could hear the very tones of her voice, and see that queer little toss of her head to keep back the wandering hair that would always get into her eyes. And still as she listened, or seemed to, the whole place around her became alive with strange creatures of her little sister's dream. The long grass rustled at her feet as the white rabbit hurried by, the frightened mouse splashed his way through the neighboring pool. She could hear the rattle of the teacups as the March Hare and her friends shared their never-ending meal and the shrill voice of the Queen ordering off her unfortunate guests to execution. Once more, the pig baby was sneezing on the Duchess's knee while the plates and dishes crashed around it. Once more, the shriek of the griffin, the squeaking of the lizard's slate pencil, and the choking of the suppressed guinea pigs filled the air mixed up with the distant sobs of a miserable mock turtle. So she sat on with her closed eyes and half-believed herself in Wonderland though she knew uh, she had but to open them again and all would change to dull reality. The grass would only be rustling in the wind, and the pool rippling to the waves of the reeds. The rattling teacups would change to tinkling sheep bells, and the queen's shrill cries to the voice of the shepherd boy, and the sneeze of the baby, the shriek of the griffin, and all the other queer noises would change, she knew, to the confused clamor of the busy farmyard, while the lowing of the cattle in the distance would take the place of the mock turtle's heavy sobs. Lastly, she pictured to herself how this same little sister of hers would, in, af in the aftertime, would herself a grown be, gr or be herself a grown woman, and how she would keep through all her riper years the simple and loving heart of her childhood, and how she would gather about her other little children and make their eyes bright and eager with many strange tales, perhaps even with the dream of Wonderland long ago, and how she would feel with all their simple sorrows and find a pleasure in all their simple joys, remembering her own child life and the happy summer days. The end. That is, uh... That's the end of the book. That's it. It's done. Alice in Wonderland has come to a screeching halt. Uh, um... That was an interesting tale, wasn't it? 
definitely went places and directions that I was not expecting. I didn't know what to expect from this book. I'd never actually read this book before. So the fact that it's basically just a an amalgam of what sounds like drug-based fever dreams um, kind of fits the bill. And I'm amazed that they were able to pull from this source material any sort of like coherent narrative for a movie and then to do that twice. But I will say that the live-action Alice in Wonderland seems to add an awful lot to the story. But who knows? Maybe uh, it will be further fleshed out in the uh, in through the looking glass because um, I know the first Alice in Wonderland movie Disney made is inspired by both of those tales. And there was no fucking mention of the Jabberwock in this book at all. So that's got to be in Through the Looking Glass. So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Because that's what I'm reading next. And we'll start that next week. Uh, but for right now, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So I know we did a little bit of a PSA on this whole scenario. But I did want to talk about a couple of things that I've discovered um, on, like, how to interact with with people, like, long distancey um, that I wanted to share in case it gave you guys ideas of how to interact with people. So, like, you know, all the bars and restaurants are closed except for Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff like that. And I have a lot of D&D games I play in, but we can't meet up in person anymore. So one of the th- tricks I discovered is um, if you use Discord, which you should, um, you can screen share your screen. So I use Tabletop Simulator, which is a Steam game, uh, when I run digital uh, Dungeons & Dragons. And it does cost money, so I don't like using it um, with like people who don't have the game because I don't want them to spend money in order to see the, see the map. But thanks to Discord screen sharing abilities, I was able to stream, basically, the map in real time as um, I was moving the player pieces around. And they all provide images for what they wanted their characters to look like, and we can import those straight into the game. And I think it worked really well. So it's a really inexpensive way to get your friends to see the map and not have them shell the 20 bucks it takes to get tabletop. And what's also really cool about that... um, uh, screen sharing thing is that um, Discord will actually share the audio of the thing on your screen through their service, which means we were also able to watch a movie um, all together. I was streaming it from my computer through Discord, and the visuals and the audio came with the movie. And I was just like, oh my god, we could watch movies together like this. And these are really fun avenues uh, to maintain talking with your friends and stuff like that that I wanted to share because I'm very excited about the idea of like digital movie nights where we can all just be like hanging out at home in like our PJs with blankets and stuff and still talk to each other and enjoy something together um and in this in this unknown world of social distancing and self-isolation it is um it's definitely something that I'm uh gonna try to do a lot because the the best way we're gonna get through all of this is by having the people you care about in your in your life in any sort of way you can get them. So I encourage you all not to become hermits. You got to maintain these social connections and through gaming, through Discord, even Skype, um, texting, calling, like just maintain contact with people. Let them know how you're doing, ask how they're doing, maintain these connections because... When this shit blows over, and it will blow over, 
you know, we're going to be kind of right back where we were, but I'm hopeful that the world will have learned some lessons from this. Like, hey, you should wash your hands, you know? Maybe don't cough into somebody's open mouth. Give that a shot. Stop licking doorknobs, you know? Um, hopefully it'll it'll learn some lessons and we can make sure that if this sort of thing ever happens again, we're a lot better off in response to it. But only time will tell. First, we got to get through this one and then we can worry about the next one. Uh, but yeah, stay safe, use Discord, and I think it's time to finish uh, Alice in Wonderland here. I think that'll do it for this week, gang. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there. Please wash your hands. Um, I will give you like a, a day one review of Persona 5 Royal uh, for next week's podcast, if I can. Um, depends on when it shows up. It might have to be in two weeks, uh, depending on, on how that goes. Next week, we start new Alice in Wonderland. I'm almost done with Aragon, so that's going to be wrapping up here pretty soon. And then we're going to get right into Eldest. And I hope you all enjoy this week as best you can. Um, stay safe, stay inside as much as you can, wash your hands, remember that you can still get food delivered, I encourage you to look into services like Blue Apron and Home Chef, um, for, for some, some alternate ways of providing food, uh, that you can kind of cook yourself, and it's, you know, those, those sorts of options are definitely options, and after what I had to go through today to get inside of Costco, standing outside of line, basically, um, it's, it's, you know, you, you want to be smart about it, for sure. And I'm not going to give you any more advice. I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. See you all next week. Stay safe. And I hope you all have a wonderful week.